Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Betty, Girl Band the Podcast. This podcast is supported by Tomboy X, designing underwear and swimwear to fit your body and how you see yourself. Use code BETTY for 15% off at tomboyx.com. Also supported by The Apartment Lounge in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hop on over for a drink and tell them Betty sent you. And now on to Betty, Girl Band. Hooray! It's the podcast! <laughs> it's podcast time. <laughs> it's Amy. It's Allie. And Elizabeth. Where are we in our... in our? Well, um, we sort of... Uh, we're, we're in the mid-90s, but I did want to touch a little bit on our apartment that we moved into when we first moved to New York. I loved that apartment. The location was so great, right at the heart of everything. There it was in the East Village at 2nd Avenue and 4th Street. Mm -hmm. It was so happy. And we gave some great... Parties. Hummer parties. And oh it was my a gosh. duplex with a with a um, patio, a patio. with a patio and a, a swirly staircase spiral. It's called spiral staircase yeah. and or swirly uh, if you've had a couple of drinks at our parties. And I was always the bartender. Why? I wonder. Because you didn't like being with the people. I didn't like being it with gave you. You power also, and control. You also are a pusher. You like giving people a lot of food and a lot of drinks. So yeah. the drinks that you would make were so strong that people were so drunk by the time they left. Yeah, it was a good time. Had it was. All. It was a really fun place. Didn't yeah. we have a guy that came outside? of the window in second avenue was is and shouted up to us or something like that i sort of remember that he uh found us at one of our shows he had been recently released either from prison or an insane asylum and he fell madly in love with allison there's a man who brings me coffee and my tea, my tea. No one else sees him. sees him when i tell them where there's a man who brings me coffee and my tea, coffee and my tea. So he would come. Um, he came to our show at the ballroom, and in the middle of us singing, I looked inside his window. He stood up and he started screaming my name. Right. And I'm all, what the hell? And they, they <laughs> escorted him out, and then I had my first stalker. But he found our apartment, which was really crazy. And one day, one night, everybody was gone, except for me. And I was in the apartment. He started screaming, Allison. And I said, Allison isn't here. Go away, or I'm calling the police. He scaled the fire escape, and then he decided that he loved me instead. Does anybody? Do you remember that? No. He came up the fire escape. Wow. And started screaming. And so you called 911. What Amy, happened? Amy, Amy, yeah. I think they coming up the fire escape is a little bit of a an addition to the I story that so. has but that's never what happened Amy before. Does. Not at all, because he changed his story. He started screaming Amy. Yes, but he didn't climb up the fire escape, Amy. If he climbed up the fire escape, then it turns into like a slasher movie. It was. It wasn't that. <laughs> Hello, I was there. I should know. Okay. First time I heard of it. But I'm New York sorry, was such know. a different different place, especially the East Village. It was very rock and roll, that's mm -hmm. for sure. It was oh, very rock and roll, it was very gay. There were a lot of gay clubs, ones with back rooms and things like that, like the cock. Mm -hmm. I think when you want secret rooms, you find secret rooms. Yes. I think there are secret rooms everywhere in New York. Remember Cave Canem? That was a secret room for girls, wasn't oh, it? Oh yeah. Yeah, that was that was a weekly, every Sunday night. It was a weekly party, and there mm -hmm. were baths downstairs for women, and they and everybody used to get it on. Yeah, yeah, it was know. super fun. Super that was the dark. first place I ever met Sandra Bernhard, as I remember. Cave Canem. It was a happening spot, and then it became a drag queen place, right? Oh, and one of the great things about living on Second Avenue is we were so close to Wigstock. It was so fun. Is that all there is, my friend? <laughs> oh, I loved her so much. What was her name? I don't remember, but it was a, a couple that did it. It was a, a regular oh. person with a doll head yes. that sang Peggy Lee songs. And like tossed her hair. Oh, it was, she there's was a great so documentary good. about. So, but you know, Lady Bunny was there long before we were, and Lady Bunny really had. Yeah, there's things a great bubbling. documentary now on Wigstock, and it was huge and fun and crazy and wild. If the new drag 
as an ironic play on glamour and celebrity is inspired by Warhol's superstars, it draws its message from another 60s experience. Not from the factory, but from Woodstock. And although Woodstock espouses peace and love, the message is not just peace, but... But a lot of things happen in Tompkins Square Park. My goodness. Remember we would be sitting and performing in one of those little clubs around there when the riots were going on and trash cans would be flying through the sky. There was an entire tent city right there in the middle of, of Tompkins Square Park. The police came and tried to move everybody out and there was a huge riot and then there was another one another, I guess, seven or eight years later. It was crazy a crazy time to be and in And you New would York. never know it now. There's one woman that really takes care of that place. And right. She's become a... NYRP! Now, let's hear for the, the New York Restoration Project and what they do for the gardens and stuff. Of, uh, in is a, that who she's in with? New York, yes. And let's face it, the one person who really put some money into making the gardens of New York great was Bette Midler. Bette Midler. Bette yeah. Midler saved the gardens of New York mm-hmm. and I think it's wonderful. My local garden is fantastic mm-hmm. and I thank her all the time. Central <laughs> Park is a miraculous too. Oh, it's miraculous. It's, it's a fantastic. miraculous. Mm-hmm. But it Central really Park is always been miraculous hasn't it been except for the fact that they they ruined uh, all the african-american housing that was there mm-hmm. there was an entire middle class enclave of african-american people who were living right where central park was and they came and just destroyed all their homes they said they were going to pay people off they didn't they only paid some people and everybody else just had to move and scatter and to other places so even though central park is gorgeous and we all love it it something had to be destroyed for it to happen well america's sort of built on that yes you know. That's a good. That's a good principle. Kick everybody out, and then like build on top of that, and, yeah. and everybody else go back from where you came from. Although I don't think that's just America. Unfortunately, I think that's sort of like um, greed, colonization. It's just greed. It's what people do. And let's face it. Also, human beings are migrants. You know, we move around all the time, and as we move, someone who thinks they have more power will try and crush us. Always. I don't like moving. I think it's stressful. <laughs> I really do. I like staying in one place. I like people coming to me. That's what, kind of like how I've been my whole life. Now I like having one place that I live in, but I love the traveling that we do as a band. How fortunate have we been? Yeah, we've been so lucky. We've been a, a lot of places. Almost everywhere. Yeah, there's still some places I'd love to go. Japan. I really want to go to Japan. We've got to go to Japan. It's so true. I can't wait. One of the wonderful ways that we traveled was the RSVP cruises. I do remember. That was fun. The first one we went to was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. The RSVP was, I think, one of the first gay, all gay male cruises. All boys. And they, so fun. they invited us to play. And it was so fun. It was in the Caribbean. And... I was walking down the deck, and I hear, Elizabeth, Bitsy, Bitsy. I turn around, and I look at this guy, and he looks so familiar. And all of a sudden, I realize it's Bob Cash, my third grade boyfriend. Oh, my goodness. Who is with his Danish boyfriend at the time. And so it made a perfect 100% that every single boy that was ever my boyfriend turned out to be gay. There you go. Mm-hmm. See, you've got a type after all. you got to take a cruise to find out, you know, your real, uh, your real path in life. Oh, it was such a great time. I oh, loved yeah. it. I just, I just broken up with Maggie. So I was reading Gloria Steinem's Revolution from Within. And she talks about how women in the Caribbean were really, it was such a matriarchy there. It was a revelatory book. It really saved me mm. in that breakup. Perfect. You know? And perfect timing and place to be actually reading it, too. Yeah. That's fantastic. I remember going to Martinique and... St. Martin? We went on that yeah. same... And seeing on. the conch penises that were sold on the streets as aphrodisiacs. Right. Exactly. They are. I had a couple. And we had a conch penis. Yeah, I had two of them. 
You really set me up for the cruise. I'm there telling you, you go. Right yeah. I don't know if I believe anything that you say today. I know, but God bless her. It's Why entertaining. You? Around the same era, we went on the first and our only until recently Olivia cruise, which was a, basically a tugboat to that Alaska went, that went up the inside passage to Alaska, oh, which was yeah. incredible. And the sky was so crispy. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you could break off pieces of it. It was dare beautiful. I say that um, we enjoy a good cruise. I love a cruise. I me know too. it's horrible for the planet. I know, but still, not always. Sometimes yeah. Yeah. They, they, no, it's it's always it horrible always for the is. planet. The, the waste of, is awful. If they could do a solar-powered boat or like a giant sail, maybe that would be okay. <laughs> they but found a giant a jellyfish recently. Um, maybe if they could just harness harness that power. Did anybody see that picture of a giant jellyfish? No, but I tell you what, that makes me think of Dr. Doolittle. If they could just l- lash onto a giant snail, that's another way that <laughs> cruise ships could go around. I love that movie growing up. I bet if I watched it now, it'd be so no, sexist it's, it's and horrible. Odious. I can't yeah. stand Rex Harrison. Everything yeah. he does is really, really sexist. misogynistic. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, so right? funny. And at the time, I knew it too. I was like, I don't like that man. And I didn't Some know exactly why. Some things that you why. read when you're a child and you revisit them, you can't believe that the James bad and feel, the giant peach. James and the giant peach. James, it's so horrible. And I loved it so much. And then you go back and read it and the two women, it's so misogynist. Yeah, it is. What uh, about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? All four of those old people are in the bed doing absolutely nothing. Then all of a sudden, when he's got a golden ticket, then one of them hops out and goes, why were they in the bed? Why didn't they get up and live their lives instead? Still such a great movie. Mm. And that beautiful... Beautiful song. Movie. Come with me and you'll see there's a what? world of pure imagination. I love that song. Yeah, it is me a lovely too. song. And I love Gene Wilder. Yeah. I love him so. I think about Gene Wilder at least once a week, FYI. Really? Love Gene Wilder. I don't know who I think about once a week. You probably think, think about your little kid now once a week, right? I hope it's more than once a <laughs> week. I think about her more than once a week. Amy has a one month old. Oh, she's, she's five, so she's five weeks old. Five weeks old? We like to play a lot of games now. I haven't slept in a really long time and it makes the world sometimes a brighter place and sometimes more more nightmarish than you can even imagine for you little baby a promise we sing in good cheer from the three wise women of gotham in glory we herald you here when did you break up with maggie the breakup with maggie was horrifying all breakups are horrifying but we had a really good run we had yeah. six really fun years, and now we're great, great friends. And that's the yeah. bottom line. You know, if you can keep a relationship, of, the beauty of a relationship later on, that's a really wonderful sure. thing. Well, we didn't talk for three years, so that helped. Yeah. Not a day goes by that I think I'm sane. Not a day goes by. I think you need space. I think in particular, lezzies do maintain their friendships and gay men. I don't know if straight people do. Chosen family. You're friends with your exes. Yeah. Best friends, basically. What about your breakup with Scott Ellis, Aim? What was that like? <laughs> well, we were never going steady. We just went to the prom together and we were inseparable, basically, in high school. A couple of years older than I was. You were like the king and the queen of the theater at Robinson's uh, secondary school. He moved up to New York when... I was still, where was I? Oh, we were in D.C. And he had moved up to New York. And so I came up to visit him a couple of times 
one time in particular, he was wearing rainbow suspenders, oh and gosh. he wanted to go to like Mark and Mindy rainbow suspenders, wow. and he brought me to a piano bar, and I said, Scott, I, I think you're gay, <laughs> and. Um, he said no because he was going out with a girl. He was wearing rainbow suspenders. He went to a piano bar and he didn't know that he was gay. And he was an actor living in New York and soon to be a great director. Right. Soon after that, he came out and so Well, did you guys I. remain friends and still are really good friends. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Scott is, is that he put one of our songs on Weeds, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And he also was the director of a Sondheim tribute. Hey, this is Scott Ellis. I've been a fan of Betty for many, many, many years. Uh, I actually went to high school with Elizabeth and Amy, and I went to the prom with Amy Ziff, and I have pictures to prove it. Uh, I want you all to imagine Amy Ziff with a big afro. And I think I was connected with her because I don't think she knew it, but when I saw her come with that dress and the big afro, I thought, that's my friend's a big lesbian. I was not gay yet. I went to uh, direct this show at Carnegie Hall and I wanted to invite performers that you wouldn't automatically connect with Sondheim because that the evening was going to celebrate Stephen Sondheim. And I thought about Betty and uh, called and they came in and did this extraordinary performance. And it was a thrill to uh, watch them that evening. Sondheim, a celebration at Carnegie Hall, June 10, 1992. We were dressed in Cynthia Raleigh yes. before she was really Cynthia Raleigh. And, and such an incredible cast like Betty Buckley and Glenn Close, Daisy Egan. Uh-huh. Remember Daisy Egan? We followed Daisy Egan yeah. when she was Never. a child. Yeah. Never follow a child. Never follow a child Holy act. Child. I listened to that song recently and I instantly became so nervous. And Remember so how hard it was? It was we were yeah. terrified and we used a drum machine. Terrified. We were the only people that used a drum machine or any electronics. Everybody else was like it was Billy Stritch and Liza Minnelli. Victor and Garber, Billy Irwin. Yeah, it was, I remember yeah, used, Madeline Kahn. But yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't have any other instrumentation except for a drum machine that was yeah. giving us a beat. God bless us. You know, I mean seriously, God bless us. I know, but the, Patty Lapone was there. Liza Minnelli. Yeah. Remember? I remember Liza Minnelli smoking, smoking, smoking. So nice. One of the nicest people we've ever met in the business, honestly. And she's smoking, smoking, puts out the cigarette and heads out on stage. There you go. There you go. I mean, that is a pro. And then afterward, <laughs> gets off stage, lights up. What a night. I remember what a Glo- show. Gloria Steinem came to that show and, and dad, I introduced our dad to her and he, he asked He tried me, to flirt with her. Yeah. He was flirting with her and... I, I was flirting with her at the same time, so it was sort of That's bizarre. That's twisted. But I know. It that was twisted. a great night, though. Really, really great night. It was a really, it was a very validating moment because we had, we were pretty new to New York, and we were playing Carnegie Hall, doing an original take on one of Sondheim's songs. And he was of there. Stephen Sondheim. He was there. With 72 verses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, it was, it was audacious, mm-hmm. and, but we pulled it off. But we had developed more Catholic taste our once, yes, once for a lark. How twice though loses the spark. How we said to the abbot, we'll get in the habit, but not in the habit. No, I never, never do 
those same outfits when we we were flown out to do a benefit for uh, Barbara Boxer and Diane Feinstein, Feinstein with Bonnie Raitt and us and, and Ann Richards and Barbara Streisand was in the audience that was and, really and they both got elected which yeah. was very cool they raised a lot of money that was at the San Francisco Opera, Opera House. House we mm-hmm. couldn't have worn the same outfits Elizabeth I never wear anything twice we actually did we, we no, do I didn't. Every, everything twice yeah. and we looked fantastic <laughs> I love that Cynthia Rowley is such a great designer mm-hmm. and may I point out once again one that I discovered for the you, band thank yes, you yes you did You're I also really discovered Daryl Kay for yeah. the band if yeah. I could fit into that jacket again now it would be so great glorious yeah. i remember the only time i could revisit that was after a horrific breakup and i lost a n- tremendous amount of weight oh the breakup mm-hmm. diet is so wonderful i bought a pair of 1200 dollars leather pants on my breakup diet and i haven't been able to wear them since. from agatha the ones yeah. from agatha what a, another great designer we have been so lucky that Somehow, we've been playing prides from the very beginning of our career. I've got to tell you one of my favorite things on earth. One, seriously, every part of my life, one of my favorite things is playing pride festivals. Always love them. And it was so interesting that this year we could do the culmination of 50 years of Stonewall and have that mm-hmm. amazing one. But we've played much smaller ones and bigger ones all around the country, including one of our favorites, Philly Pride with Franny Price. And Henry David, who, who introduces every year, who's such a character in, in Philadelphia, Philadelphia, as they call it. Kind of a lot like um, Gene Wilder, if you think about it, in... Bigger. <laughs> a bigger, big, much, much bigger version of Gene Wilder. <laughs> in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, yes, yeah. because he's, he always makes the most elaborate costumes. Mm. Amazing. And then waxes his mustache and... Franny everything. has called herself a Steady Betty. And thanks to Steady Bettys throughout the years, we've been able to have a career. It's so true. The rulers. We love the rulers. And it's who interesting follow because us. we don't like to just perform someplace once. If we do it, then we're kind of committed to having them enjoy us for many, many years. Like Hell Beach. We yeah. played there the first time and then we ended up playing there 10 times. I think one of the interesting winery. things is that a band can do two different things. Either you can be the kind of band that makes some money and gets very, very far by touring and doing 15 cities in 17 days and like hitting it and quitting it. And putting or, records out. Or you can be our kind, which if you have 17 days, you go to one city and you sit <laughs> and you enjoy it and you make friends. And I think that's been the pleasure of Betty all along. And that's Maybe, why we have such wait, great wait, friends and wait, go back and return to... Yeah, because look, at Madonna's tour now. She's doing 17 dates at BAM. She's staying in cities for two or three weeks. There you go. You know, so we're pretty much on par with Madonna. There you go. See all along. New York in the 90s was really interesting because it was a lot looser. It was our first paid gig in New York City. It was as, exciting. At a, at as a nightclub. New Yorkers. Was, I don't remember the nightclub, though. It was more of a bar slash nightclub. There was a huge, huge, long bar, a beautiful big club. It was new. It was in Chelsea. Hmm. But before Chelsea was Chelsea. Back right. when Chelsea was pretty scary at the time. Kind so. of meatpacking Chelsea. Area? No, no it wasn't area. It, it, was a, it was a club that came and went. Heartbreak? The guy, no, no. It was a club that came and went. The huh. guy hired us. I think we got $1,000, which at the time was a lot of money. They paid us in cash, $100 bills. We took it home. 
The next day I went to buy something and the, you know how they do the thing? The, the scanning? Mm -hmm. Or whatever it was that they did back then. And it was counterfeit. All of the money was counterfeit. I mean, I think you tried to buy a hot dog with a $100 bill, and the guy said, no way. Hmm. I don't remember. I do remember that we got paid in counterfeit, and we could not believe it. And then we decidedly, we didn't want to go back and confront them about having counterfeit There's money. no way we were going to confront them. No. No. The guy was like Louie in yeah. the back. That doesn't, mm -hmm. it seems like I would have gone and gotten our money back. Oh, no, Allison. Don't you remember when we didn't get paid in, in um, Ohio? Right. Cincinnati. I will always get the money. I will yeah. always get it. So that's why I don't remember no, no, the story. You, did, we, you, did we get the money for that? Of course we of course did. You waited. We waited by the garbage bins remember? and then walked in. Oh, yeah. I found her address and we walked right to her house. Do you remember the other time we didn't get paid in, in Atlanta? I went to the hospital where they said she was in the hospital. I will always get us paid. That's, <laughs> that's why right. I can't believe that it was counterfeit money. Allison, I didn't and the time that we it. did the... the there was a millennial march in D.C. It was a gay guy that ran it, and he ended up absconding with all of the funds and leaving the country. It was a big, huge scandal because nobody was paid. None of the vendors, you know, none, nobody was paid. None of the security, the uh, the people that were, I think Bodhi was actually doing the sound that year. No one got paid. Same thing happened when we played in Portugal. Oh, right. She big. had that big festival. Not only that, but we I charged a lot of money on my credit card for mm. the rooms and everything. That was crazy. Oh, so well, we learned lessons, and that's what you do. You Now you know you must get the deposit ahead of time. I mean, it took us a couple times to figure that out, not just trust that just because you're a woman in this business, you're going to treat other women well. Sad lesson to learn, but we had to learn it. But yeah, the biggest ripoff I ever had was by a woman, Brooke Webster, who owned uh, Meowmix. I she loved Brooke, though, I got to tell you. Oh, I'd like to see Brooke again. I think a lot of people would like to see Brooke again. She well, What happened to her anyways? She, she's a, she should be in jail, but she's around. She did this huge scam where everybody was giving her money to do to, a new kind invest, of mix. to invest in a new club that she never ended up owning. She lied about owning it and buying it and all that stuff. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of well, dollars. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It was but really Meow a bummer. But Meow Mix, my God, what she did with that club. I loved Meow Mix. Meow Mix was right on Houston and Suffolk Street at a time when people didn't really go down to the Lower East Side like they do now in terms of nightclubs. And man, that place was awesome. Gay, straight, lesbian, bi, trans. Everybody went there. And there was live music. And there were sometimes there were dancing girls. You met a couple of your girlfriends there, as a matter of fact. I, I met one. She was she started Mix. out as a third in our couple. And then she ended up being my girlfriend, oh, as, as yeah. one does wow it was the really last Elizabeth? gasp it oh, was the last gasp of our of a relationship that i had and uh, we brought her in as a third you know and then i don't think the three thing works personally it does for a lot of th there's a lot of throuples out there really? you'd be surprised long term all right well god bless long you. term like, if it works yeah. for you honey you go ahead and do it but to me nah, that wouldn't i'm work. so old-fashioned it didn't way. work for the us the only throuple that works for me is betty <laughs> And well, even it's because that. we don't have sex. Yeah, that's true. Well, like, you know, like most relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living in limbo one thing that I've always loved about being in Betty was the traveling that we did, not only outside of the country, but in the country. And like we said, hanging out in certain places for a long time. Do you remember when we went down to Texas? We met the most fabulous woman, Shannon Sedgwick, who owned a place called Esther's Pool, Esther's Folly, and they had this, this variety show, and they had Betty come in, and we were there for something like two weeks, mm -hmm. I believe, and it was right on so... Street. 
much right in the hopping. Fun. She wants us to come back, by the way, and we're going back uh, anytime. You can go to Austin, you know, where they choose to stay weird. I love Austin, Texas, and Shannon. I don't know what she saw in us, but she had us come in and do her show, and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we met Nathan down there, who does the prides now, and That's wow, right. what a freak he is. And yeah. we also met Elizabeth Montgomery. Oh, what a great day that was. That's true. There was a thing with Ann Richards that I think we played down there, and Elizabeth Montgomery, and then they all came to Esther's Follies. And Elizabeth Montgomery was there mm-hmm. with Ann Richards and her group. Yeah. But Elizabeth Montgomery turned out to be one of the greatest people on the planet. We had such a fantastic relationship. All three of us loved her so much. She loved each of us in our own different way. Kind of like a Gloria relationship. You know yeah. what I mean? Like someone who's like been around and lived it. I remember one time we were out, out drinking with her and I was like, how are you getting home? She was like, oh honey, we always take a car. Anytime you go out, you always take a car because then you can party as much as you want to. And I was like, words to live by. And she, she always knew how to talk to the paparazzi. She knew them all by name. Mm. They really respected her because she, I mean, she can't, her, her father Father was Robert Montgomery. Robert Montgomery. Her godmother was Betty Davis. But she was so down to earth and so, so fun. fun. So you're fun. talking about the blue bloods of Hollywood, and we were really fortunate to have her as a chum and uh, someone that we would hang out with in Los Angeles. And oh then God, she I gave us the so. greatest present of all. But remember how she gave it to us. Remember we were at the restaurant and we were sitting there after she had passed and we were all just bemoaning the fact that we were in LA for the first time in years and we couldn't call up Lizzie Montgomery and what a drag that was. As we got up to leave the table, a girl at the next table said, pardon me, I, I don't want you to think that I was eavesdropping, but I couldn't help but here that you were talking about Elizabeth Montgomery and we were like, yes, we love her. We miss her so much. She was like, that was my mom. Mm-hmm. It still makes me get all choked up. But that's how we met Rebecca. Who we'd, she talked about for years. We'd never, ever had a chance to meet. And finally, that was Elizabeth's last present to us, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Lizzie brought us Rebecca. And the, the long, the long lasting president of Rebecca, Rebecca oh, Asher, yeah. who we're, we're still friends, really good friends with to, to this day. Hello, my name is Rebecca Asher. I'm friends with Elizabeth and Allison and Amy. My mom, Elizabeth Montgomery, was also friends with them for years and years and years. We'd go to New York and see them play, invite them to parties when they were in Los Angeles at their at her house. She loved them, loved how talented they were, loved them as people. I think she loved partying with them, which is not a thing she talked to me about, uh, even though she could have. <laughs> but I'm certain that it's true. Uh, I unfortunately didn't get to meet them until after my mom died. I was in a restaurant with my then girlfriend, Renata, and these women were sitting in a booth behind us. And I was sort of hearing them talk and looking at them and thinking, I think those might be the Betty girls. So I went up to their table and said, I think you knew my mom. Elizabeth said, who was your mom? I, for some reason, decided to give them a hint. So I said, well, when she was sick and she was in the hospital, you guys sent her a porn and a whip. Then they knew who I was talking about, <laughs> and we've been friends ever since. Also, I think Elizabeth has asked me for that porn a few times. I have no idea where it is. I think there was something like monkey in the title, I think. They've never gotten it back. I love Amy and Elizabeth and Allison so much. And to me, they're they're sort of the closest thing around me that, that reminds me sort of how to live a life. I mean, they travel everywhere. They're advocates for justice. They're hilarious and smart, loyal. They're the best friends you could ever have. I just love them so much. I also very much like their podcast. 
I wonder if that'll end up in the podcast. All, an incredibly talented director. Mm-hmm. And her no, wife, Rebecca Nobody Lohman. could be more self-effacing than Rebecca. Which no, is Rebecca so Lohman is. Well, they both are self-effacing and so talented Such together. Such a but. wonderful couple. Yeah. I love that there's still love and joy and happiness coming from something connected with Lizzie like that. Cheers yeah. to you, Lizzie, wherever you are. <laughs> she used to have the best parties for us when we played at Dear the Cinegrill. We would go to those parties would last for hours and hours and yep. hours in her in our house in Beverly Hills. Oh my god, I was and so that sick guy the day after. He, remember that guy, whatever you'd his play, name was. You'd play the harp and the trumpet at the same time and sing. Uh-huh. Bobby, yeah. Yep. He was great. And yeah. uh, and they were always packed with really fun, great people and she she loved the gays and she was such a friend to them and she was just really great. Yeah. yeah. And I remember calling her at the very last time I spoke to her. I was like, Lizzie, we're coming to town. And she was like, oh, I can't meet you. And I was like, what do you mean? Come on. You always come out. She was like, oh, I've got this cold. It's such a bother. Even to the end, she wouldn't tell anybody how sick she was. She didn't yeah. want anybody to worry. Mm-hmm. She didn't want anybody to care too much. Mm-hmm. And well, clearly we all did. We, we ended up dedicating our next album, the album that came out, Limbo Land, to Lizzie. Yeah. To Lizzie and to Selma, I think, right? Yeah, and we made our first video. No, our second video. Our first was <clears throat> with Maria Magenti for Chain Reaction. We made our second video out in L.A. with a woman named Bonnie, and it was to the song Limbo Land. I'm living in limbo land Dancing as fast as I can Don't know if I'm coming or going or rocking or rolling I'm dancing as fast as I can Jimmy was in it. Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. It was, was wonderful. It, it was a. It's a really fun video. What's unfortunate is that Bonnie then got sick and died in the hospital. Like right after that. Let's not try to maybe make a correlation. everybody that is it everybody that we meet and become friends oh, with stop. does. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. there'd but, be a lot of dead people in the but world. But that was right a now. fun album that we made. We made it at what's his name studio? Dante's. No, Dante was the producer. But it was in Philip Glass' studio, and we incorporated Tony. Tony played a lot on that album. Yes, that was the first time, wasn't it? 1995, that was mm-hmm. the first time that anybody had played guitar with us, which was really thrilling. Wasn't that the one that was got picked up by Intersound Records, and all of a sudden we were on a label with Limboland? I believe it that was, was the one. It was, it was. And it was a, a label! A 3D. A it was 3D. enhanced. It was an enhanced CD. Correct. If people don't know what that is, it means you put the CD in and you could play videos on it and it stuff like thrilling. that. Very cutting edge. Yeah. And they were out of Minneapolis or something. Oh, I love Does anybody have one of those still? I, yeah, I might have it somewhere, but I don't know where you would play it. Because you can't put it into a computer anymore yeah. in that you same kind of way. You can't do anything like that. But it was no, wonderful right. having a label for, for a, a year. That was really, really exciting. Was it a year? Although they didn't do anything. Nothing. And then we realized, ah, so you have to do your own work no matter what. I, or as Barbara Streisand says, the Slipping never ends. We're coming back in two weeks to do episode 13, which is our final episode of season one. Lucky number 13. Mm -hmm. And what we'd like you all to do is to follow us on Instagram. We're at Betty Rules, B-E-T-T-Y-R-U-L-E-S. 
send us a message with a question that you want us to answer on our last podcast. It'll be question and answer, Betty's Q&A mm-hmm. episode. Everything is welcome. I Every- mean, it can't be too personal. Actually, it can be. Sure, because we don't have to answer it. It's our podcast. Our podcast, our rules. And that's bye-bye. <laughs> From Brenda Vaccaro. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I just peed in my pants. <laughs> <laughs>Girl Band Podcast was recorded, engineered, and produced by Elizabeth Ziff in her studio in New York City's East Village. Traffic is a bonus. This podcast is what Betty remembers, so accuracy is suspect. Music clips and other credits. There's a man, written by Manford Mann, performed at the Park West by Betty. 1991 BBC report on Wigstock. Lullaby for Ruby by Betty from the album Snowbiz. Not a day goes by. Betty unreleased. I never do anything twice from the Sondheim show, The 7% Solution, performed by Betty for Sondheim, a celebration at Carnegie Hall. I Feel Pretty by Bernstein and Sondheim, rearranged by Betty for Stacey London's Nothing to Wear. Limbo Land by Betty from the album Limbo Land. Limbo Land, dub remix by Doug DeAngelis and Sam E. Swing for Intersound Records. And I'm Karen Friedman, or Freed Person as Allison likes to call me. I'm a huge and longtime friend of Betty for over 30 years. I'm happy to be a small part of this podcast. This weekend, July 26th and 27th, Betty are performing in Provincetown, Massachusetts at the Art House. For information about the Art House and other gigs, go to hellobetty.com slash shows. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. It's all about word of mouth, so please tell your friends. You're doing them a favor. I'm Nikki Weavers, and I do this because why wouldn't I? Hmm.